Speak your mind. 2.0. What is this? Tuesday. The 18th. Take you back memory lane. If you know, you know. If you were outside, you were you were outside when this came on. We was inside when this came out, though. But we were outside as well. Bang. No, sir. Speak your mind. 2.0. S-Y-N. I was about to say, Ty, what which version do you like better? The ori- this is the original, or do you like the one with Kanye and Pusha T and all them? You just kind of said it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and we definitely going to get into Kanye. Lord Jesus, man. Fredo. Hey. 
gotta get into it. You are tuned in to Speak Your Mind 2.0 SYM Networks. Speak your mind. All right, we back. What's going on? Speak Your Mind 2.0. It's your boy Seth. It's your boy T.Y. For all the people that didn't listen to that on YouTube, go to the audio version and, you know, we just listen to Don't Like by Chief Keef. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, September, or, yeah, no, October. Fuck. Uh, finish this for me, Todd. Intr- intro, intro. At the time of this recording, it is October 18th on this windy as bipolar as weather that we have in Columbus, Ohio right now. And um, this is a uh, quick update. At, um, like I said, at the time of this recording on the audio version, um, the video version just went down with the camera. But, um, Make sure y'all keep running up those likes on our recent videos that we just dropped because we had just previously dropped a uh, Texas A&M-Alabama game. That was a classic game, which A&M should have won that game, but that's a whole different story, and y'all can read more about that in our reaction video. And also, too, our recent um, Chiseled Adonis reaction video, too. I want to believe it was week four NFL highlights, so make sure y'all keep running um, those numbers up, too. And we see the subscription numbers are steadily inclining, so increase, sure you, yeah. So make sure y'all keep um, subscribing and keep staying tuned for more updates and videos. Facts. So, so we back, we back on camera now. Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. Uh, so but speaking of don't like, um, <laughs> people are not liking Kanye Kanye West right now, and just yeah. kind of jump into pop culture. Let's just go ahead and get this uh, topic out the way first, since this is the most re- this is the most current name that's been circling the media right now. Um, so I was about to say, was about to say Kanye. Okay. Well, did first, did you watch the interview? Granted, it was only up for I did not need 24 to, hours. I did not need to watch it because I could just see from the I, I could just see from the clip that I seen that this interview was not worth watching. Dramatic pause. Right. I just got stuck for a second. Um sidebar, hold on. <laughs> well, till we get this uh camera situated, um so recently, Mr. Kanye West was um, just, as always, in the media, like he, like he always is, because I feel like that's his, form, his own form of therapy to get his shit out. And recently, you know, he went on to uh, drink chance with uh, Nori. And I can, I can honestly say I really felt like when Nori invited him on, I didn't think he was going to get what Kanye was going to be talking about out of his mouth when he was talking because – Again, you can just tell that like, on the inside, Nori was just like super uncomfortable and just like, okay, I I need to shut this down, but it's like I don't because I know this is gonna bring ratings. Cause, okay, so I got I watched the three hour and some change. Lord, uh, three hours. Yeah, it was three. I'm hours. so glad I didn't watch it. But I'll say it like this: Yes, Kanye was out here just spewing out the mouth. He really was. But again, he be saying shit. But he don't be saying shit. And I preface that by saying, like, with him being on his political wave right now. With because him, I feel like that's what it really is. Because I've seen that he's been wearing a hat that says 2024. I'm like, yeah. this is all a, a campaign for him to run for a presidency or whatever. Mm, he, so he's ge- he's definitely gearing up for 2024. He's definitely trying to be the next presidential elect. But it's like. With what he was saying and what he with with what he was talking about, is like there are points that make sense 
and there are points that do not make sense. So it's just very hard for him to, and and again, Kanye does not elaborate fully on like what he means. So it's just like it's it, like if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. I'm not gonna repeat myself. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't elaborate and he doesn't give more detail in what he's talking about because again, he there are some parts that he was saying some real ass shit. I will not lie to y'all. He will. He was really saying some real shit. But there are other parts where it's just like he was rambling and saying the same point and not going into more depth with it. And on top of that, with him going on Drink Champs, you know, like you said, Nori, he we don't really look at Nori for like the political, you know, information and get and get. That we look at him stuff. for hip hop, like, you know, yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And Kanye is n- not on no type of hip hop time at all anymore. Like he's. Definitely bigger picture, bigger everything. He's not centralized in hip hop, but it's just like I don't know. It's like we. It's to the point. Is like, do we give him more grace and let him just be Kanye, or is this is it? Are we at a point where enough is enough? Well, I feel like if we keep letting him be Kanye, then he's gonna keep going on platforms that's going to give him a platform to speak how he wants to speak knowing that it's going to trigger a lot of people because just me personally bottom line it's just like Kanye has a lot of yes men around him I believe because At it's this like point, yeah. Yeah, no it's, it's been like this for a while like you know it's just kind of like who who's really going to step up and check this man to his face mm-hmm. because I feel like the last time I seen someone check him was that whole TMZ uh, episode where he said that slavery was a choice, and um, I forgot his name, but I think he was, like, one of the head guys at TMZ, and he checked him. Mm-hmm. And you see kind of how, like, Kanye didn't switch up, but, like, he he had to take it. Right. And I just felt like, you know, with all these, quote, unquote, well, he said, he I think he even said this, too, like, uh, like he doesn't have a lot of celebrity friends, which I can understand why people don't want to really rock with you, because it's like, dude, like, the shit you be saying is is like like you said it's off the wall it's off the wall but yet you do make some good points but at the same time and you making a good point you will say some bullshit mm-hmm. and, and, it's, and it's like are you contradicting your own self now i know for a fact he doesn't believe that right but it, to other people that don't have the same mindset as him they're not gonna catch it it was crazy because it's like i don't know i don't want to i don't want to get it get it into it too much but it was like you know he was well, one, he was talking about uh, how he didn't know where his kids w- or, his, yeah, his daughter was at. I can't remember which one. Um, it, it was, uh, I think, like, not Northwest, but one of his. Was it Chicago? One one of them. Yeah. Whenever they, that birthday party was and he went on Instagram and was saying, I don't know where my kids are at. He was using that point. That was one of the points he was talking about. He was using that point. He was like, damn, where where's the culture at? kind kind of when like i'm asking for help and i don't know where my kids are at type deal like i wanted y'all to back me up and be but see but this is my thing when it comes to that why is it the culture's fault for you to help to find your kids when you should have known what you were getting into when you decided to marry kim kardashian correct that's my thing that is that is a valid point but he also flipped it to the point where it's like you know then how are you i mean 
it, it was just crazy. It's just like he was trying to flip it to the point where it's like, um, how how do you guys expect me to be out in the forefront type deal with, you know, the Black Lives Matter every uh whole debacle and everything, trying to show my support in that when I'm I'm here with y'all, but y'all ain't it's like he was trying to make it like a uh, give and take situation. Almost. But here's the thing, though, Kanye, you have shown and displayed numerous of times where you will flip on us and go to the other side. That's more that can be more beneficial to you. That is very true, too. So how can you expect us to side with you? But yet you have again, there's proof that you ain't been, you know, there for us when we quote unquote need you. Now, granted, I don't look at it Kanye like that, because, again, like this is the thing people really need to understand, like. At one at one point, Kanye was one of the is was like in like people's top five like you know rap all time uh hip hop artist list mm. at one point. I still say he's top, top like he's 10. up there, but it's just like yo antics are like kind of diminishing that to a degree, man. Yeah. It's just kind of like because he he doesn't have the mystique like a Jay Z no more. It's like no more, nah. <clears throat> and, and honestly, you can even tell Jay Z really ain't been rocking with him like that no more for real. I feel like ever since they dropped uh. They album back in 2012. What was it? Uh, um, throne. Uh, yeah, Watch the Throne. Watch I just felt like that was, I think Jay Z's final straw. I believe. Now again, we don't know. I mean, he they did say they did allude to it in on Donda saying uh, Watch the Throne too, on the way possibly. Possibly, but still, like this. This is again. This is just my whole my whole uh, point with Kanye. It's just like dog. People will respect you a lot more if you actually. What's the best way I can put this? Like, if you actually will back up a lot of the stuff that you say, granted, you do, but then it's like you still continuously go and say bullshit mm -hmm. that it's like you know is triggering, but you don't care. Yeah. Because my thing is, it's like when you said, when you mentioned George Floyd saying yeah, that hit he, with the fentanyl, saying that he died of fentanyl and not suffocation from a cop's neck, and you even said that the cop's neck wasn't even, me wasn't even on his neck. Dog, it's like it's not only did you disres disrespect him, but you disrespected his family, and right. his family is now suing you for uh, two hundred fifty million dollars. Mm -hmm, I did see that, but if he was trying, because he was trying to, to me, he was trying to talk to like, uh, try and say it in like, not code, but like you know, it they they, ooh, how can I how can I say this without not looking like I'm crazy myself, but. From the standpoint of like you know, they the the powers to be, the if you want to say the Illuminati and all that all that stuff, he was saying like they it made it look like they were uh on on his neck, but they they took him out with something else type deal. If if you get what I'm trying to go with that. But at the same time, let's say if that was the case, so the all these autopsy reports that came out, yes, and they all in the ink inconclusive said he died of you know lack of oxygen mm -hmm. to the to the um what was it to the uh well lack of oxygen to the lungs and yeah caused by a knee on his neck right right like people can't get that image out of their heads granted mm -hmm. it's been two years but still that eight minute plus video right is not going anywhere that's cemented in history and it sadly, should be. sadly, sadly, but it should be like that sadly, should always like, be a, to the forefront. So, so yeah. So my thing with Kanye is like, dude, if you're really just out here saying all this stuff, 
uh, making these uh, clothing lines with white lives matter and black lives matter just to promote your quote unquote bullshit presidency run come next year, you're doing a terrible job at it. Mm-hmm. And just me personally, like anyone that is dick riding Kanye and just thinks he's always right. Mm. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it, I won't say good luck with uh, saying he's always right. I don't know. It, again, he just he be saying shit, but he don't be saying shit. It's just like you you just want him to make sense and make his points valid. Like that's that's all I be asking for him to do. Because there. I really feel like there's gonna be a day where like it's gonna come to like okay we 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 just gotta cancel this nigga. Like no more. Yeezys, no more, like, none of that. But at the same time, too, that ain't going to stop. But it's great. It's like, you know, he's part, I would think he would be part of, like, the round table. If we would ever get to the point of, like, you know, our, like, culture leaders, you know, you you have your Jay-Z, you have your Diddy, you have, um... I don't know. I mean, someone, people in the NAACP, you know, just, you know, uh, infrastructure for the black community because, you know, he w- he was making a good point because, you know, with the the hierarchy of, like, the world, you know, who really has all the money and who really controls all this, all these companies and everything, you know, the the Jewish community, that is a, that is a foregone fact. But it's just like I wish, you know, he w- he was trying to come off as of saying like he wishes like we could have that type of cohesiveness. We don't have that. Trust me, black people, besides him, you know, talk about this a lot. Exactly. But, but at the same time, too, it was like for someone like him to say that. But again, seeing his history, it's just yeah. kind of like okay, if you're saying this, then what are you doing with the position that you're in financially? And the power that you have, celebrity-wise, what can you do to help us? You you done stuff, but then it's like at the end of the day, you will still contradict your mm-hmm. own doing. It's just kind of like, why do you think I should listen to you if you're like a walking contradiction to your own self and to people around you that will listen to you? True. That that's the, that's the hard part of it. It's like he again he be saying he be saying shit, but he he be off the wall. So it's just like, damn, I cannot go with you all the way and yeah. honestly i just try not to really listen to him i'm just like the only reason why y'all are he's in the media is because people just mm-hmm. don't know how to turn him away yeah and if you do turn him away he'll go on he'll do something on his own and blast you for not allowing him to speak on something i'm just like dude you may be you know a, a you know a-list celebrity you may be a you know a well-known artist but just because I didn't invite you on my platform does not mean that you can just bash me. Maybe just because I don't want to invite you on my on my platform. Mm. But my other so my other plight with this whole thing was, you know, Nori. It was up for twenty four hours. It was up for uh, an extended period of time, and then then the black backlash came down and they had to take it down. I was I was watching academics. He was kind of making the standpoint. I'm gonna get on academics in a minute. <laughs> I was watching academics, and he was making the standpoint of like, you know, stand on your content. If you feel like you are giving the ample opportunity for someone to uh, explain themselves and have dialogue and have all that stuff, you know, stand on it. Don't 
don't just take your shit down just because you got pressure or you got pressed. I mean, if, if you're getting pressure and you're getting pressed and it and the content you're putting out is very wrong, then of course. But you know, if you're if you're really trying to be out here trying to push the uh push the issues and you know feeling like you are giving that person the the necessary um space to talk, then I mean let it let it rock. I mean, I I I'm never the one to say not to put something out unless it's like very detrimental to <laughs> whatever's going on. But if you're if you feel like you did your due diligence and gave respect to uh whatever the topic was and you know gave the right uh care to everything then i mean let it let it be put out there so that kind of reminds me of the whole nick cannon situation where he was speaking facts and then the next day wild now got canceled then his podcast got canceled mm-hmm. then he had to go on and apologize then everything came back on this is kind of like Really? Like But that that's the that's the powers to be telling him like, Hey bro, you you ain't going you ain't gonna have this shit no more. But before. here's my thing but here's my thing though. They know that but they don't wanna really accept that accept that fact. And that goes back to like having owning your own shit and a whole that that opens up a lot of can of worms, like people glance over and just focus on one thing, but there is a bigger issue with that. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, again, kind of, kind of what Kanye was kind of talking about. He was kind of alluding to those things, but again, it was it's just, how he was saying. Yeah, it's shit. just hard to like cut through if you're not really like, like tuned in. If we said this on Drink Champs, it would have it would have been perceived a lot better because we actually were backing it up, mm. and it actually was making a lot more conscious sense. Yes. So I don't know, man. I mean, again, Kanye is just—it's just this is one big political ad for him. That's all I'm really just gathering up for it. Yeah, I mean, 2024 is literally around the corner, so we will see what he's got up. Uh, this two week. and a half years. I mean, 2023 is next year in like two months. <laughs> Three I months. Said, I said two and a half years. <laughs> we we, we still got to finish up 2022 and still get through 2023. 2023 is like right here. I'm already in 2023 thinking about it. <laughs> we already here. You stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying. But <laughs> um, what was I about to say? Uh, moving on into other uh culture news uh little baby you want to talk about mr little baby sir yeah so not too long ago he had dropped his uh, most recent project and not just him but the uh quavo and takeoff dropped their uh album as well too i think mm-hmm. like two weeks before that yep um but you know babies was more anticipated because you know slow baby you know let's keep it honest he's the top rapper of this generation right now and um me personally uh i was about to say i have something to say about that but i'll let you finish i know where you're going with that but i'm just saying yeah but um but but yeah like me personally like listen to the to this album it wasn't bad it just it felt like some of the songs were like his old songs and i just felt like he should have kind of switched up the features a little bit because it's like it was the typical features that you would expect from a little baby album Mm -hmm. thug uh future um esg and stuff like that like just I guess like people you could say that that he's really tight with that were on his album that were features, but don't get me wrong, he he has some fire songs on that album, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it could have been it could have been a little bit better. For me, um, I don't know. I like the album. It just it just sounds the same. 
It sounded like the production. It's like I he the production didn't really do a whole lot for me because it just was the same trap uh, drums and all that stuff. So it was like it didn't really make me feel like I was listening to something new or for him to elevate in in in, in any other way because it just seemed like it just felt like it was just a constant constant smooth ride basically so i did again i did like some of the songs but i just definitely wish um it was more diverse in like beat selection and i want to say like melodies and stuff like that because he definitely had a couple songs where he was trying to sing a little bit i think like russian russian uh roulette was one of those songs he tried to sing on too yeah so i don't know i mean like you said ty it was a he, we know Lil Baby is gonna spit some bars and you know motivate. He's got he's got very good motivational music, but as like a full fledged like artist artistry, it was still it was still lacking to me in in that way. It didn't really differentiate from any other song I've heard from him or any other project I've heard from him. It still sounded the same, so. But the real question is, I've been saying this for quite some time now, uh, Lil Durk and Lil Baby, who is top dog? And It's still 1A, 1B for me. See, I'm putting Lil Durk above Lil Baby, and this is why. Just off, I'll, I'll, I'll make this comparison. Cause I feel like I've heard I heard someone say this or they said this themselves. Uh, I think Lil Durk is really the Jay Z. It was the game that said that. Okay. Yes. Game was probably right for the first time in a very long time, <laughs> but Lil Durk is really the Jay Z of this generation, and Lil Baby is Nas. And why I say this because just just off the fact of Lil Durk's artistry and his his stardom is over is overshadowing uh, Lil Baby's because Lil Baby we're he's he's making this transition into being a a culture leader. He's trying to be an activist. He's really really about his business. Not not saying that Lil Durk is not, but you know he's like all interviews that you see him in. He's just carrying himself like you know. I am a boss. I am trying to push my people forward, and I don't really get that as much from Lil Durk. I get more of music, artistry. Um, I mean, I get business from him too, because you know he has a he has a few things uh, business wise. But Lil Baby is showing more of that, and I mean, if we look at Nas, Nas is one of the richest dudes when it comes to his investments and stuff like that. So that's where I'm com- making that comparison with Lil Baby and Nas. And then with Dirk and Jay, you know, classic, classic projects, both of them. Um, what was I want to say? You know, he had a very high profile uh, relationship, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce, very high profile. Um, I don't know. It's just, that's just where I'm seeing the landscape at right now. And I, I'm going to say this again. Lil Durk had the best 
album this year. I don't know if he's going to get any awards from it because it didn't look like he got anything from BET because I would have definitely thought he would have got like a BET award. I'm going to say this. If his album gets nominated for a Grammy, he ain't winning it because Nicki Minaj is like, you know, nominated for like eight awards. Yeah. So we're going to speak on that uh, topic after this real quick, too. I got something to say about that. But I don't know. That, that's just where I'm at with it. I, I really feel like uh, Lil Durk is just catapulted himself after after hearing this album from Lil Baby I see where he's trying to go now I see he's he's trying to be more of a person that puts on than you know take off than anything else but I don't know I just feel I feel like Lil Durk is is out here I think he's the the one one number one and then baby's number two and then you so got on and so forth. Yeah. Now speaking of Nicki Minaj, um, recently I guess her and Lotto got into a little uh, Twitter battle. I feel like the females have been getting into it for a very long time. And this is my this is my opinion on this. L- let's I'm gonna just keep the book. Since Nicki Minaj first got into the rap game, she was top dog. Facts. You know, and it's just like no one was touching her. And even if and even if someone did touch her, it's just kind of like she would just brush them sh- off, shoot them down mm-hmm. instantly. Because at one point, I think um, Iggy Azalea, before she got you know thicker, um, <laughs> she was making like a steady climb to like you know a, I want to say a, like a like a top rap rap female rapper, but like a pop top star. pop star, yeah, mm-hmm. that can also rap too. And I just felt like that was you know to a, me to me it was more Remy Ma when she came out of jail. Yeah, and, and that's then. but like but even before Remy came out of jail, you know, like let's just keep it a buck. Nikki pretty much was the updated version of Lil Kim. Yeah. She had the bottom whole, line whole game on lock. So exactly like think about it, Black Friday and Pink Friday. Like, come on now. Like yeah. it, it was no it was no obvious. It was no compare it was no it was obvious. Like <laughs> when I first seen him like, why is she get why is she looking like Lil Kim? But she's not her, but she's she has her style, right? You know, and, you know. Of course, you know that was like a little beef that happened. But I just felt like you know, once Nikki went on her hiatus and wanted to, you know, start a family, mm-hmm. you started to see other female rappers start to make that push to get out there, like the Lottos, the Cardi B's, the Megan Thee Stallions, City Girls, like yep. you know, just that wave of female rappers started to come in and. Let's just, I'm just going to keep it a bug. Nikki didn't like that because she can tell from that certain group some of them were going to pan out and take her spot. Yeah. And I'm going to just say, like, I feel like Megan was was on that rise, but then she just. She had all her stuff going all on. Her pa- all her past started to catch up with her, and it's like, okay, you kind of, you know, are not there. And I think, like, the only other person that can really, you know, challenge that is Lotto. I mean Cardi B, but I mean Cardi B is already out of here. Type yeah, deal, like, so. but it's like at the at the same time though, it's like even when Cardi was you know on her run, it's just kind of like, okay, it was good, but then it just kind of went left out of nowhere. Like we kind of got less music from her, and she's just been more. She she got it was basically she got the bag and then said deuces. I'm yeah, going. Basically, she she got every other deal you could think of. Exactly. So it's like I don't really put Cardi in this conversation anymore, but Lotto, I feel like she's been the most consistent one as well. You know, because um I I believe like there was an interview that Lotto was doing and and real quick, I just feel like any female rapper that, you know, that's out now, I know for a fact 
Nicki Minaj was an influence on them somehow, some way. For sure. So, and I just feel like any time a female rapper is on a platform talking about, you know, their accomplishments, I just feel like they still give Nicki her flowers when they have that chance. But it's just like, even in the midst of them doing that, it's just like Nicki still shoots them down as far as like, none of you bitches is going to be me. I'm still top dog out here. Like <laughs> She like, says, all, all these bitches are my sons. <laughs> it, literally, you know, but it's just like with this whole lotto situation, it's just kind of like how I'm, how I'm seeing it, Nikki is, is being threatened just by the top spot in the female rap uh, game when it, comes to, when, when it comes to lotto. And I feel like she feels like lotto is a challenge for her. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like, you know, you can only be at the top for so long because there's always going to be someone new new, and they're going to have some form of an impact that might just overtake your top spot. And it's not to diminish what you've done because, again, her body of work is cemented. Right. You know, she's one of the top female rappers of all time. Let's just keep it a book. But at the same time, too, it's like, again, your reign can only last for so long to where it's like you just have to pass the torch to someone else that can carry that mantle. You know, it's just kind of like she's doing her best to make sure that she she's holding on to that mantle until someone like, you know, pushes pushes her off that mantle. You know, it's just kind of like Nikki. At the end of the day. Rap ain't always going to be here. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact you have plethora of businesses that you have invested in that's, you know, still profitable that you can easily go into if you decide to hang up the mic. See, I feel like that's like the transition that we're seeing with like a lot of our. Uh, favorite artists that we we grew up with, so like the Ken- the Kendricks, the Drakes, the Coles, the well Cole he he's still out he, out here rapping, but he's just not as what's the word like active. Yeah, I mean he's he's not, active, but not like he but not, but not like he once was before. Like just dropping stuff left and right. He's more so like behind the scenes pushing his label more forward with his other artists that you know have that chance to be great. Right, and that's what I was. That's what I'm talking about. Because it's like, um, I mean, with Drake, you know, he doesn't really have a quote unquote label, but he's more, you know, the huggy huggy. I'm gonna be around all the new guys to give them that cosign, than you know, put out my music type deal. He's not really as active with his music. Kendrick, he's not really. I mean, shit, we we probably won't see another Kendrick album until like 2025 type deal. Because, you know, he, because Baby Keem's about to be the next one up uh, coming out of uh, his label, PG Lang. So, I mean, we're really about to just see, like, everybody make that tra- that new transition and see these newer newer acts. And to your point, you know, Nicki just has to come to grips with it. It's got to get with the times. Like, there are new up-and-coming uh, acts that are about to uh, try and flood, flood the streets. So, it's like, of course... She can get, she can make a song, and she's gonna get her fan base to enjoy it. But you know, she's just not the hot commodity right now. There's other females out here. She, Nikki, you have laid the blueprint out for other females. And these to women get in that here. you laid the blueprint out for are taking that, and you're not liking the, you're not liking what's coming with that. Exactly. But you said it. For this new wave of female rappers, mm-hmm. just like how Little Kim set the blueprint for you, guess what? You do you did the same thing she did for you, basically. So I don't know. I mean, you got. We'll see. I mean, I definitely feel like we'll we'll see a time where everybody embraces everybody. You know, all the definitely all the female acts because 
I feel like I've been hearing a lot of beef between like the female artists over the past couple months or pretty much the last latter half of the year for real for real. It's like I always hear someone's beefing with somebody or I don't know. I don't know why, but you know, there's there I feel like there's enough money out here for everybody. Enough fan base fan base. I'll just I'll just say this for the female rappers out there that, you know, hat are just, you know, just, you know, bitter and don't want to acknowledge, you know, women and they flowers when it comes to them being in the same lane uh music lane as them. Take what Usher did with Chris Brown in Vegas. Like that was a prime example of what it means to acknowledge another goat. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz it was a good scene for, you know, um, Chris Brown to you know perform with Usher at you know at the residency um, at a what was it what it probably was like the MGM or something like that something like that but yeah it was good to see him perform with Usher but at the same time to Usher he you know at the end of the, at the end of their performance he acknowledged Chris Brown as you know one of the goats and that he loved him that right there you know is what I feel like a lot of female rappers or female artists need to start doing especially in the, in the hip-hop er, in the um hip-hop community yeah because i feel like even in the rb uh community female wise like they show each other flowers oh my god yeah <laughs> like literally i feel like every time i turn around i see uh an r&b act with another r&b act it's just like it's like why is it so hard for yeah. y'all female uh rappers to do the same thing because at the end of the day you know i feel like the whole point of women rapping was so that it's just wasn't a straight male dominating, you know, lane. Because there's female rappers after that can spit bars something better than some of these, you know, male rappers. I'm just gonna keep it a book. But it's like at the same time too, it's like when female rappers get to that, you know, pedigree or they reach a level of, you know, stardom. You know, it's just like they don't want to share that with other female rappers, and it's kind of like. Didn't Queen Latifah make a whole song called Unity? Mm-hmm. And I was about to say, that's the same thing that goes for the uh, male acts, too. I mean, shoot. everybody Not everybody can be an op. Let, let's just put that out there. Not everybody can be your op. We, there's enough money to go around. Like, let's let's be in unity. Let's all come together and get this money. Now, again, you know, you don't have to be, you know, tight with everyone. Yeah, like, nah. You know, because, you know, just depending on how you move is... If someone that, you know, that's in your, you know, category lane, if you don't like how they move, but you can, you know, just, you know, still collab with them every now and then, cool. I mean, again, you ain't got to be cool with everybody, but just still, like, you know, just still acknowledge them for what they're doing and what, you know, they're accomplishing in their careers. Right. Even if y'all are in the same career field, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, just, again, yeah, at the end of the day, the whole point of y'all doing what y'all doing is to, you know, make money and impact people. Bottom line. Basically. So. Well, sports. Uh, we want to, let's let's dive into um, basketball since the uh, NBA season starts tonight. At the time of this recording. Yes, sir. Um, I definitely do not know who's playing tonight. I Lakers think, and Warriors. Is that like the main matchup? Uh, no, it's not. I think the Celtics and Bucks or Nets are playing tonight, but the Lakers and Warriors are playing at 10 p.m. Okay. Um, my question is, uh, we I won't ask you about predictions or nothing like that, but what is the main storyline that you are very interested in for this year? LeBron becoming the all-time scoring uh, leader. Okay. Because I'm only saying that just because it's like recently Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been very – well, not recently, but he's been very uh, critical or cri- – he cried. 
deteriorates LeBron a lot for some of the stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I think it was um at one point not too long ago where I think the Lakers had had a practice and they had asked LeBron like, "Do you have a relationship with Kareem?" He said, "No, I don't." <laughs> you know, and I felt like that kind of just that struck a lot of nerves just because it's like knowing what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has done, not just for basketball, but for the black community, for being an activist, you know, for what he did uh, throughout his career. And in a way, what he's still doing now, you know, with him being, you know, at that number one spot for, you know, all-time scoring uh, leader. And LeBron is now, like, I think, like, what? Um, I think he needs, like, 11 or... 30-something. It's something. I forgot the amount. He but he just need. I think they said he just needs to average like six six between sixteen to like twenty something points. Yeah, twenty something points to get the get the record, which is not going to be a problem. But but I just felt like you know, I feel like Kareem is threatened that LeBron is now going to take his number one spot. Mm. But like I just said in the last topic, there's always going to be someone that's going to overtake what you did just in that field mm. to see, a degree. See now. With your point of saying, with Kareem being like a doing more things activism wise, activism wise, and you know doing a lot of things for the black community, I feel like that's really where his gripe with LeBron is at. Because LeBron's doing the same thing too; he's just doing it differently. Yeah. So it's like I don't know because I forget what there was like a a specific issue that uh, Kareem had. I think was it it was during something. It was during like uh, ah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just I forgot I forgot what it was too. I want to say it was like during all the um, police killings and stuff like that. And when Bron like came out, I don't think Kareem re- necessarily liked how he came out. I can't remember, but I, I feel like it was something last year that happened, and that's when Le- and LeBron had came out and said something, and Kareem didn't like it or something. Mm-hmm. It was something. I forgot what it was. So I feel like it's really that. I feel I don't think it's like anything basketball wise. I don't think it's anything to do with um him being in the community or just anything like that i think it's more or less like how kareem has always been you know what he's been through and what he's seen through his lifetime and he wants other people to kind of like follow that blueprint i guess in a way but it's still like you said it's it's a new it's a new time it's like it, lebron is doing it differently and we have we have more opportunity to do things differently than what Kareem had back then. Because, I mean, Kareem was really, I mean. Kareem he was, was really out there in the streets yeah. and still playing ball. So he was, like, he had to scrape and claw for, like, a lot of stuff that he was doing. Now, Bron doesn't really have to do that. He's a billionaire. He's pretty much in all these rooms that uh, Kareem couldn't be at be in at the time just due to the racial tension. But I still feel like that's a blueprint that Kareem, you know, laid out with him having to scratch and claw his way for, you know, not just black athletes, but black people as a whole. And that led to LeBron doing what he's doing now. But again, he's just doing it in a different way that fits him Mm. as far as like him, you know, still out here playing ball, but at the same time, still pushing his people forward. Right. You know, because name me one, name me any other NBA player that, you know, that can open up a school, you know, but, I just think bottom line, you know, I just feel like when LeBron surpasses Kareem, you know, I don't want to – all these LeBron haters, I just need y'all to shut up because <laughs> as much as y'all get on LeBron for, you know, not saying that he's better than Jordan, blah, 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 like forget all of that. 
just look at this man's body of work regardless of what he's done bad playoff wise and championship wise look what he's done as a whole for the game of basketball it is something that we will miss when he decides to hang those shoes up mm-hmm. and his jersey gets retired in the Raptors yep bottom line give LeBron his flowers while he's still playing I agree with that because for him to carry not just the NBA, but just carry the weight of all the stuff he's had to overcome from the age of 16, 15, to him almost being 40. Mm. I don't know his specific age, but I believe he's like 38, 39, or something like that. He's like, well, he's 37. He, he's, a, he's, he's, clo- he's close to the 40s. He's close to the 40s, but yeah. still, for him to carry that, and he still managed, he still managed to, you know, come out the fire on top, it's just like you – you can't ask for a better person like LeBron to, you know, weather that storm. Right. Um, for me, there's a few storylines that I've kind of took interest in. One, uh, the Celtics situation. What what is, what is going to come of that with a new head coach? Granted, coming off the finals, coming off all that success, how are they going to deal with all this turmoil? That is coming up, coming now. I think the best way they can handle it is if they just got to win. Bottom line, they just got to win. They, they can't, so they can't drop like they can't go on like a a ten game losing streak off the gate. No, because if they do that, then the media hailstorm is going to be just straight rapid fire, and it's not. And it's I already know how that's gonna play out. Like, is this losing streak uh critic uh you know in relevance of what's going on with the uh, the head coach mm. and the uh uh person he had uh you know consensual sex with do you th- so if they lose tonight do you think th- that uh narrative no. is gonna start that o- that narrative is only gonna start if they consistently keep losing okay that's that's the only reason um okay so we got that one um i mean you got the warriors out there you got the nets and their drama and well honestly let's let's speak on the warriors real quick now Again, if y'all y'all probably seen by now, but Draymond Green pretty much, um, I don't know if he's suspended or not. Hadouken, Hadouken, <laughs> my man. Shout out to Jordan Poole. You know, Michigan grad. You know, I fuck with you, bro. But Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, got got your shit, Superman, and went flying. <laughs> was it? I I was listening to Joe Budden. He said. Draymond gave grace while he while he, he shot that nigga. He I'm gave so- grace. <laughs> But yes, if y'all have not seen already, pretty much there was a practice that was held with the Warriors, and I guess this was something that was building up for a long time between them two, because that Apparently. wasn't no punch that, that you know you just throw at somebody like that. But all in all, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole got into it, and it led to you know, like Steph just said, Draymond Green pulling out the Hadouken and just. <laughs> Sending that nigga to the shadow realm gracefully. <laughs> he tried to hold him up too. I, but I when he did that, that's when he that's when he made it worse because mm-hmm. he fell down. But he tried to catch him, but he his head caught his knee. <laughs> he he was like, I, I need I need to lay you out, but I gracefully am going to save your life so you don't get a concussion. But or, you gracefully save, saving my life led to me still getting fucked up even more. <laughs> so my other my other thing too. So if you really pay attention in the video. Not no one did nothing. <laughs> well, there was a coach that tried to stop, but no, they, I'm talking about the players. Oh, the, yeah, no, they ain't do shit. S- Steph, Clay, 
Andrew Wiggins. I didn't see not a lick of none of them niggas. Iguodala, like I didn't see him, but like that that kind of tells me a lot though. <laughs> that they said let them like let them niggas have this, have this moment exactly. right now. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm just like okay. So like you just like you just said that had to have been brewing for a very long time because apparently it's been shown that Jordan Poole does like to run his mouth a lot. And okay, so if if you guys remember when they won the chip. And, you know, they were in the locker room celebrating and all that good stuff. And Andrew Wiggins. This recent. This recent. Uh, yeah, this recent uh, championship. Oh, yeah. When they were talking about how they about to get a bag. Nigga, that, I, that just clicked in my head when uh, all this went down. I'm like, yo, he really got a big ass head after they won the chip. And he got a bag after that, too. And he got the bag. So it was just like, you know, that was just the formula of, <laughs> of him getting his, his ass beat. So I'm just like, okay. I see I see it now. I see why. But But it's like, you know, again <laughs> Draymond Green is not a bad player. It's just he always finds himself in the most uncomfortable situations that it just ha- it just happens to be a camera there mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of all this drama. See, he remind see he's like a, a lesser annoyance. Than Patrick Beverly, because Pat Bev know how to get under your skin, and so does Draymond. But Draymond knows how to draw it back. Pat Bev just goes. No, he know Pat Bev knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, but he he just know he just takes it to a another level. Draymond he takes it to a level, but it's just like okay, we that is that's normal. But I don't know. That, I just I put that in that perspective as well, but. We'll see how this how this Warriors team is gonna t- pan out because I'm just gonna keep it a buck. The original three, Clay, Steph, and Draymond, they're not gonna be there forever. And more like that, I feel like Draymond is gonna be the one that's gonna be leaving. I mean, yeah, I, could, I mean, I see, I see the Warriors sticking with Clay and Steph because you know that you can shoot forever. Like you, you don't really need to do anything else after that. Like you don't need to have a. Uh, a drop like a drive game. You don't need to do nothing if you can still hit a three pointer from forty feet. What are we really talking about? But to your point with like the the original three, I'm looking at the new guys who's really going to try and take that step and uh, pools one of those guys. Yeah, pools definitely one of those guys. Then you got um, uh, Wiseman, James yeah. Wiseman. He's got to be healthy. And then um, I forget. I mean Mooney. I, or not Looney, I said Mooney. Looney, I did not, first of all, that nigga looks like he's 50 years old. <laughs> he is our age, Todd. Like, he is in our age range. And he just looked that old. He looks 50. That is crazy to me. I'm just so like. So he fits in with these new gen kids that look like they are age, but they still in high school. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like. That's, that's bad. <laughs> that's crazy. When I when I heard them say, like, he's like 20, 23. 524 I'm just like hold on I when like I where is your birth like, like run your birth certificate right now <laughs> please because I'm just looking I'm like bro you look old like where what it's happened like, it's like you went life straight out the womb <laughs> Jesus um but yeah I'm, I'm looking at the the new guys to, to see if they can continue this elevation and continue this dynasty and also Andrew Wiggins because you know with him Getting all this experience and everything. Well, like him that. finally playing to the potential that he should have been playing at. Exactly. So, I mean, you got them. I'm, I'm looking at your Lakers, not not just because of Bron. My Lakers. 
I mean, like, I mean, just because you. Are, I'm a Braun uh, fan. You I know, know my you, team. I we got know. the same. We got the I same know, team. I know. I just categorize you with uh, Br- being a Braun fan so much. You're okay, really separate Braun fans and Laker fans. I gotcha. But I'm looking at the Lakers. Um, Russell I, Westbrook don't want to be there. Yeah, no, that shit. Because honestly, like, let's just keep it a buck. Like they they had a scrimmage that was on uh, ESPN a while ago, mm-hmm. and I guess there's a play that went left and it was a foul called on them and pat bev out of all people <laughs> gathered the team together i know and but westbrook was left out of it they can say what they want to say but again let's just keep it a book westbrook you don't fit the system with the lakers you don't have good chemistry with pat with patrick beverly because giving y'all history of playing against each other and i think he's st- he's just mad because and now you're about to be coming off the bench. I mean, coming off the bench, and I think he's mad because um, they tried to shop him during the off season. Like no, but no one wanted to take him on. So it's just like you already put that out there that we're thinking about trading you, and we couldn't get rid of you. So, so now like, you're back on the team. Yeah, and it's just like, and you got to play with someone that you really don't like playing against, but now you have to play with. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to think who else. Uh, the Knicks trying to figure out if they're going to be. It's the Knicks. It ain't nothing to talk about with them. Um, Memphis, you know, just seeing if they. They can. they, they just on the rise. Mm-hmm. They're on the rise. So I mean, and then you got us. You got the the Miami Heat. We we just need to. We need to see. <laughs> I mean, shit. We just paid Tyler Hero. Um, Jimmy Butler got extension dreads. He got yeah. He got extension dreads. Um, I don't know. We just. I like again. We I like what we got. I just, I just need. We to gotta make, see it. We gotta see. We gotta it. see it. We gotta stay healthy. That that's is the a, main. That too. That is the main thing. We gotta stay. Because we're gonna make the playoffs. I'm saying that now. We're gonna make the playoffs. But yeah. if we stay healthy, then it's we are a team to be not be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, and the Cavs and the Nets, and we'll we'll get off from basketball. Cavs and Nets. The Cavs, listen, they are building something. Look gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> Gracefully knocked this nigga out. <laughs> oh my god! It's bro. the lunge I can't get over. I'm I sorry. Know. That is so crazy. I'm gonna put. We're gonna put this. Put that video in there for so you guys can see what we're talking about. And too. looking at the title, no, the Warriors are not gonna get past this punch. Just like the Celtics ain't gonna get past the whole coaching scandal. Man. Um. But yeah. Uh. Cavs. That is gonna be a very. That's gonna be a very good team. That's gonna be a very uh watch team. Yes. And then um, the Nets, the Nets, shit, Lord man. Jesus, Ben Simmons. We just got to see what Ben Simmons does. I mean, here he is. He airballing a a shot uh, out of just like a gathering in Brooklyn, and it, just right, looked, right. it, it, it like the ball curved in the air. <laughs> it was the way his hand just <laughs> like the like he didn't have a a nice form. It just like nigga, come on, man. You got you got to work all this time sitting on the bench. And you didn't work on your form, at least like, like come on. something like that. But, but um, I mean, I I want to get in the NFL, but honestly, there's a lot going on in college football right now that's kind of better than the NFL. So we can talk about NFL in the next pod. I just want to say shout out to my Steelers. You know, even though we got Kenny Pickett killed and got a concussion, you know, we still walked away with that dub. Beat that old ass nigga Tom Brady. Get him the fuck up out of here. Just hang it up, nigga. Cause your wife is leaving you. Just hang it up. <laughs> I I seen it was funny. I seen a post where it was like that uh that moment they caught him on camera talking to the O line. I I don't think he he actually said this, but he was like the captain said, uh, 
Well, you said a caption. Or well, the quote on the caption, but you know, they were trying to read his his lips while he was saying it. It was like, I didn't I didn't leave my wife just to lose to Kenny Pickett. And I, I was like, oh come on, though. <laughs> that is petty. But but um, speaking of college football, listen, I'm gonna say it. This might be the best wave of college football that I've seen in a minute. Now I'm just I'm just very sad because it felt like the season went like that. Yeah. If <laughs> we waited all this time just for the football season to vanish in thin air, but it, like you said, Ty, it, it has not been disappointing. It has though. not been disappointing. And I'm saying that just because I had a feeling that Tennessee was going to beat Alabama, and lo and behold, they did. Now with this, it took them like a hundred points combined, but you that know that too. That too. Now this is now my take on this. Seeing what I've seen from that game, this is how this this is how I see it playing out, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna you're gonna agree with me on this. If Tennessee wins out in the SEC East because Alabama's in the SEC West, mm. they went out SEC conference game. Bama can still win out in the West because they're still undefeated in the West. Mm. The but only all 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 misses in the West. Right? I was about to say that too. Now the next opponent that they have to play on the road is Ole Miss, and they are looking. Man, they are looking good. I'll just say that right now. No, they, they are, are. They are. But I still low key have Alabama winning that game because I don't because I, I don't see Alabama losing two games before they get to uh, the last game of the season. I don't know. Lane, I I have them winning that game. Lane I'll say that. Kiffin. I I have them winning that game. I'm Lane just gonna say that now. Motherfucking Kiffin. Now, if Alabama does win out. They will face Tennessee again in the SEC title game. Mm-hmm. And if that scenario happens, Alabama wins because there's no way they're losing to Tennessee twice because as great as their offense is and Hennon Hooker is now solely in the Heisman race after that game, I, Bama's defense is going to be more prepared to stop to stop him mm-hmm. in that offense. I mean, because I don't tr- cause even watching that game, as great as it was, you can see a lot of flaws in Tennessee's defense. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. – Man, and just because y'all got a high power offense is the main reason why y'all so in it. And it was just because uh, Bama was again un a lot of uncharacteristic, undisciplined, undisciplined mistakes. Like it was, nigga dropped a fucking mu- he muffed the punt, <laughs> or no, he, did, he didn't muff the punt. He told uh, everybody to get away, and, and the he and the dude picked it up. Yeah, and then you seen Saban's reaction on the field. What the fuck are you doing? He wanted to. I'm sorry. Anytime I off. see Saban get upset, I just laugh. And and that, and side note, this is a tall ass nigga that is seven foot at sixteen years old. That I, shit is. I still don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't know either. But back on back on the topic at hand now. <laughs> but yeah, I have Bama winning the winning that rematch if that scenario does play out. Now at the same time too, Georgia and Tennessee play each other this season, and it's at Georgia, I believe. Mm-hmm. When is that? In, is that game in two weeks or something? Two weeks, yeah. Now. If Tennessee miraculously beats Georgia, they're going to the SEC conference game, and more likely will play play Bama again. Mm-hmm. So, but that's gonna be tough because I don't I don't know. But my then uh, then again too, if they lose to Georgia, then Georgia will be going, and then you have Georgia and Bama once again. Right. And even in that matchup, I will take Georgia over Bama to a degree. You know, because I. I feel like their defense, Georgia's defense, is a little bit better than it's, it's a little bit better stout than Mamas. Yeah, you know, but but then again, too, the conversation will probably be brought up as far as like, well, Tennessee might have a, a you know 
argument that they should be in the top four. No. Of course. They're going to find a way to do that if that if that uh, sequence happens like that. But honestly, I'm going to say this, and not just because I'm a, because I'm a Ohio State fan and not because my team is at a Big Ten Conference and not because you're a Michigan fan, but I'm saying this, Michigan and Ohio State can honestly make that same claim given how their seasons will turn out. Mm-hmm. Because the way both teams have been playing, you know, both of us are in the top five. You know, we Shit, y- all year, <laughs> literally all year. And and I'm just saying this now. This is kind of giving me 2006 vibes a little bit. Shoot, 2006, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, I'm only saying that because our offense was trash. That's why. Oh uh, six, our offense was, you know, like how this new age of offense is for us this year. That's I'm, only I'm, I'm only saying that because that was like another top top uh five matchup right i got you done. right but um but yeah like you know of course you know with the espn being so sec biased and i'm glad joe clyde has been calling that out on his podcast shout mm-hmm. out to him you know i truly believe you that's, know I was about to say, that's why we that's why we go into fox let's right ju- let's <laughs> just be real that's why the big 10 is going to fox we're done fucking around with the es with uh espn because y'all niggas fucking love the SEC, so it's like we, we up out of here. Yeah, and, and there's no hiding it. Y'all show it every time. Man. But, um, but yeah, but, like, um, of course that narrative is going to get thrown out there because they feel like, you know, with them being in Bama the way that they did and how Bama isn't as dominant as past Bama teams has been under Saban, that's probably why they're going to say, you know, Tennessee still deserves a shot to be, you know, considered one of the top four teams to, you know, be in the playoff. But, I can still argue that not just with the Big Ten, but even with the Pac-12 to a degree. Mm. And we, I'll say it like this: we thought the Pac-12 was about to be ass, was about to be roadkill ass. Them but all of a sudden, you got teams like Oregon, Utah, Utah, UCLA, UCLA out of everybody, mm-hmm. and, and USC. USC, even though they lost to Utah mm-hmm. this past weekend at the time of this recording. That was I did. Great. I, that, that was, was a great game. game too. I was pissed. I was watching the full. I watched the full game, and then I closed my eyes at like, the last for like, a, for like a millisecond. And it's like, oh, it's all one by one point, and it's over. I'm just like, bro, I was, I was watching it. I what happened? I was mad. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So like, how? Because like, honestly, I kind of wanted USC and UCLA to be undefeated when they face each other toward the end of the season. That but be, that's going to be a good matchup. It's still going to be a good matchup either way. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of showing you. Sadly, that as the Pac-12 is being good as it is, it's about to be shot all the way down only because UCLA and USC will be coming to the Big Ten the next season. Yeah, it's about to be dismantled. <laughs> exactly. So so for me, I just feel like, you know, there's not going to be a two, two SEC team in the playoff. I'm saying that right now because you're going to have your Big Ten champion between Michigan and Ohio State. Let's just keep it a buck. Clemson will be coming out of the ACC as they always do. Who else has been? Nobody. Yeah, you're right. I mean, granted, Syracuse is ranked, but it's like every I, time y'all are good and y'all play play Clemson ranked, y'all end up losing. I know. I was just about to say that is right. Syracuse is undefeated right now, and I think they do play Clemson. They play them this week. This week? Oh shit! At the time of recording. Well, there you go. But is that? I think it's at Clemson though. Uh see, if it was in in Syracuse, we might be talking about something. But different. it's like it. <laughs> They have to be on point for them to win mm-hmm. against Clemson. That's the only thing, you know. But um, but yeah, I yeah, Clemson is probably coming out of the. It, no, they are coming out of the ACC. Let's keep it a buck. Yeah, the Big Twelve. Now that right there is a very. That's just a great conference altogether. I'll just be real because 
that TCU Oklahoma State game was fire. Mm-hmm. I'll just be real. That that is like, granted, we have the best division in college football, the, the Big, Big Ten, Ten East. But conf- all around conference play, Big Twelve. The Big Twelve got it this year. Because let's because again, like, and you can agree with me on this. Texas should have beat Bama the yeah. second week of the season. That is a fact. But you know, thanks to uh, Dallin Turner taking out uh, Quinn Ewers, you know, Bama ultimately won that game. Granted, it was a miscue on that tackle that Ryan Watts should have got on that sack to end the game, but mm-hmm. that's neither here or there. <laughs> now, that, but he, like that was a former Buckeye for you guys. <laughs> Former Buckeye, but like my thing is just like I'm looking at TCU and this is the best they've been since 2014. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, since uh, the Red Rifle himself. <laughs> and um, Oklahoma State, granted they lost, but they still have shown how good they are as far as you know them not having their uh, D coordinator uh, Jim Knowles is now at Ohio State. That for them to still you know uh, have the projection that they're still having is you know crazy, mm-hmm. and it's and it's showing still. Now, my thing is this stretch of football that these teams will have to play each other is about to be insane because they all have to still play each other. Like TCU, I think, is playing uh, Kansas State, who is 5-1 this week. But then Kansas State uh, still has to play Oklahoma State. TCU still has to play Texas. And, yeah, it's a lot going on in that conference that whoever wins all those games will have to face – the same opponent in the Big 12 title game mm-hmm. down the line. And, but that's the only so downfall. Do they have a title game this year? Yeah. Or, okay, okay. Because you got to think, too, sure. for the longest, they didn't have one. So yeah. that's that's why they made the Big 12 title conference game, just so that they, they can make argument to get in the playoff. Right, because I remember the the last one they had was that, was it like Nebraska and Texas? What are you I, talking about? Well, the last, before they had this hiatus, because when, when they, Oh, you're talking about. Like way, way back. I think that was like 20. Or 2009, 10, somewhere around there. That was, like, the last one. And then they had, like, a hiatus. Yeah, hiatus. Then the here comes the playoff, and then it's like, oh, we need to be recognized. Y'all don't yeah. have a conference game. <laughs> I couldn't remember if they were doing that uh, this year, too. But, all right. What you mean? like uh, Or having, like, a championship game. I couldn't yeah, remember. They yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, they – like I said, ever since the first playoff uh, um, system came out and, you know – at the time, they were making a claim that uh, between TCU and Baylor that they should be one of the top four teams. But then Ohio State did what they did against Wisconsin and shut them out 59 and nothing, and that just trumped everything that they did because, yeah, like I think like their conference game, I think it was at Baylor, was trash, and ours was a dominant win. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got in over them. Mm-hmm. And I think the following year or something like that, or even 2016 is when they brought in the Big 12 conference game to make them have a claim, to make, for them to make a claim to get in the playoff. Right. Because I'm just thinking because uh, this year with the Pac-12, because they usually had conferences. They used to have the North. Pac-12 the got conferences, yeah. They don't have them. They're not doing a conference. It's just the best two team, best two. Uh, oh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Because I did see that on, on the ESPN app. Yeah, they they don't have a conference anymore. Yeah. So it, it was it's just the best two teams that have the best uh, records go into the championship game. So that that's where I was thinking. I'm like, hold up. Do they have a conference game? Because they don't have uh, quote-unquote divisions, but – that that's where I was just thinking about it, but but uh but uh let, but uh now let's get to our individual teams, Ohio State, Michigan. Now we had our bye week at the time, um, uh, not too long, well, this past week, that happened at the time of this recording, and just from what I've seen, the first six weeks of the season, we are, I can honestly say, we are a complete team. Now the only thing that I want us to focus on, as far as like to make us an even more complete team, number one. Stay healthy and get healthy. 
Two. Got to get your weight up, yo. Two. The only thing I want to see from our D line is for us to start doing different defensive moves to get to the QE because I love JT Tui Molo Lau, but that spin move is not working. <laughs> like, it's working, but it's like every time he does that spin move to get a sack, it's like he, he, always, he's, he gets held at the end of the day. Because against Michigan State, I don't know if you watched that, but there was one particular play where, granted, the QB got sacked, but JT was right there to sack him, but then the right tackle just straight up like threw him to the ground in the midst of him <laughs> doing a spin move to get to the sack. He said, what is this weak ass? Like, that's what, he, that's what happened. But it's like I kind of want to see him develop more defensive moves to get to the passer because he has great explosiveness off the ball. Mm. So I want him to start utilizing that. And I, in a way, and I kind of like how they re, they're using Zach Harrison to play the tackle when they use their pass rush uh, defense to get in. So I'm liking that. Um, Mike Hall, listen, that nigga is literally a baby Aaron Donald. The way <laughs> he is getting off of tackles, off of blocks inside the interior of that uh, D line is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to see that. And he, I feel like if he stays healthy, he's definitely gonna be you know very productive. Jack Sawyer, you know, I kind of I like what they're doing with him moving around in the Jack position, but um at the same time I want to see him get a little bit more sacks too, because we have the speed to get to the QB. I just feel like we're not using enough counter moves to utilize the speed that we can to get to the QB. Linebacking play, I mean, this is the best I've seen in a minute, and Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are doing their thing, and you know I feel like this is going to raise. Tommy Eichenberg's uh, draft status uh, come the NFL um, draft. And I believe, and I'm just going to probably say it, I feel like we're going to get one more year still Chambers. And I feel like if he has another productive uh, season next season, when this is wrapped up, I feel like he'll be one of the top linebackers being picked out of the draft. And um, our cornerback situation, I mean, we have the right, we have the right cornerbacks. It's just, again, the technique is not the problem. It's just, them actually executing on the ball when it's a 50-50 ball because that was the only lack that I've seen is like they're in good position as Ryan and Ryan has even admitted that they're in good position to make a play on the ball it's just that they're not capitalizing on them you know making a play on the ball so I kind of want us to see a different in that difference in that in the safeties I mean I couldn't we couldn't ask for a better you know quad of safeties with a uh, Ronnie Hickman, uh, Leighton Ramsom, George, uh, Josh Proctor, and uh, Tanner McAllister. So my only thing with that is, like, if we could just, you know, tighten up those things that I said and our special teams can be a lot better, meaning that you can take a linebacker off a of kickoff returns and put Emeka Ibuka back there. And if Jackson Smith and Jigba is actually 100% healthy, then put him back at punt returns. If, we, if that all p- plays in the fold, this is a team that is, you know, a wrecking ball waiting to happen as far as, like, playing against other opponents. Hmm. Okay. My my only thing for y'all, I just want to see y'all have some type of adversity. If I have, Y'all haven't had any adversity at all this year, to be honest. You can say Notre Dame to a degree because they took away our pass game, but that's, that's where the run game came into factor. I give you that. I, that that's that's a very because you gotta micro. think too. You gotta think too. People was criticizing CJ Stroud after that one game. I'm like, that is true. I do the dude that. had two touchdown TDs and like over 200 yards passing. That's pedestrian for him though. But it's just the fact that 
they had to adjust. Right. They took away our ability to, you know, take deep shots on them, and that let us open up our run game. Well, not let to open up. It introduced our run game. Mm. I don't know. My only thing is I want to see – I just, in my opinion, I haven't really seen y'all have a lot of adversity just yet, and I think the SD card might be full. But, um, yeah, I don't think you guys had a lot of adversity just yet. I'm still – So, was that on us or people not taking advantage to make us have adversity? Combination of both. Uh, you know, just with who who I'll say it for both of us, who we've played both teams, Ohio State and Michigan, and also just um just I don't know, it's just I can't I can't really put my finger on it. I I would want to see how you guys respond when, you know, not everything is working cuz I haven't felt like you guys have made any adjustments coming out of halftime you guys i mean you guys have had the lead for so long but i'll say i'll say i'll I'll say this real quick i feel like when we have a substantial lead on opponents like michigan say for a prime example they took the starters out in the third quarter and i mean at the the end of third quarter my thing is that i want our second string players to not give up you know stupid points that's the only thing i want to see like actually contain the game even with the starters out. That's my only thing. Gotcha. I gotcha. Um what was it for for us for Michigan? My my takeaways are one, play calling in the red zone, um, letting JJ spread his wings. Yes, we know that there there is a risk to some of that sometimes just for just with him being a young young quarterback and still figuring out his his footing and getting getting all these starts but you know we gotta we can't be so conservative all the damn time it's like yes we know we are a very dominant uh run run team we know that off rip but you know for us to take that next leap and take that uh next step to being a complete juggernaut on offense we have to get him more involved and let him you know just display his talents you you know so it's just like i need us to crack open that that playbook and let him you know start at least throwing the ball we because we've seen him do it against indiana you know he's leading the league he's leading the nation in uh pass percentage or pass completion so you know, he, he knows how to get the ball. He knows where to put the ball and who to go to is just more or less we got to get the timing. We got to make sure just everything, the flow is right. So I want us to do better better play calling in the red zone. Um, for me, the defense is showing that it, it can play cohesively. I mean, defense a lot. It's like we don't have like – an Aiden Hutchinson, we don't have a David Ajabo, we don't have a Daxon Hill, we don't have a Josh Ross. So it's like I don't have a Rashad Gary, you don't have a Jabril Peppers. I mean, yeah, we don't have like a bona fide like star, star. Yeah, on on defense. So it's by committee. But I like that though. It shows everybody's held accountable and, you know, it's just not put on one person. And we're showing that, you know, we can play as a team. So I'm I'm liking I'm loving that. Um, 
that's that's pretty much pretty much it for me though. Now, I mean, I just really again it just the often it's really for me on the offensive side. It's really just with JJ in that pass game. In the pass game, that's just for me. If we could figure that out and you know start firing all cylinders, I mean, bro, I don't really see no one. I don't really see nothing else. That now my say. only criteria of that is when it comes to y'all's D line, I just feel like y'all haven't had a mirror match of an O-line that can stop y'all's pass rush. Like, how you feel like, you know, we haven't been battle-tested or we haven't faced adversity. I feel like y'all's defensive line hasn't really faced uh, an offensive line that can actually mirror y'all physically mm. and stop y'all. You know, that that's my uh, thing on that. Um, now, to y'all's offense, I definitely agree with you. Like, J.J. is not a bad QB. I will say that he's not a bad QB, but – the fact that he can't connect on the deep ball is going to cost y'all critical games where y'all need that, you know, hey, that one explosive play that's not a run play. Because I, I feel like, because I feel like that's going to, I feel like now that's already, that's been showing since last year. Like, y'all are a running team. And I said this to you off camera, like, y'all have become like an updated version of what an Iowa, Wisconsin offense looks like. My only thing is to get to, show that we can do uh connect on a deep ball i feel like you have to get him in rhythm first like you have to give him the the uh the layout and show him like okay when when we get in these situations we're going to go for this because i i feel like with roman wilson and andrew anthony you got you got dudes that can hit those bubble screens and wide receiver uh wide receiver screens to get that that clicking first for you to then try and go for a deep bomb or a deep post or a deep slant or whatever you want to do is just you have to utilize the uh the weapons that you have first to get that get that clock going because i mean if you just ask him to just off rip just start chucking bombs i mean that that's wild so i i would never want to put my my quarterback in that situation, I'm not going to put that tall task just to be like, "Hey, you need to hit this 50 yarder," when we haven't even started throwing the ball yet. So, but at the same time, too, it's like even when he does have that layout to throw a deep uh, deep pass, like you have to trust him to stay in that pocket, run and move around a little bit, but don't be sporadic and just start scrambling out the pocket and mm-hmm. then get set and then throw a bomb because then that can lead to a pick. Or a deflection. I agree. Like, stay in the pocket. You have one of the best old lines in the country. Mm. My That's my thing, though. It's like, I just, I be getting mad at him so much. Because it's like, yes, we want him to stay in the pocket, keep, keep his eyes downfield and scan and go through his reads and progressions. But it's like, bro, if it's not there after, like, five, six seconds, go ahead and take off and get the – Get their yardage that you can to stay ahead of the chains. Don't, because if you don't force feed it. Yeah, don't force it. Because I, I promise you, there was like five plays that I seen during that Penn State game. I'm like, the middle is wide the fuck open. <laughs> just take off. Well, actually, there was like one play where he had someone wide open. He just didn't throw it to him. I mean, yeah, I think he had. I think it was like Roman Wilson or something like that. It was like on a um. On like a post route or like a, a curl or something, but because it was like in the red zone too, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But it's just like, bro, there are so many opportunities, and you are athletic, JJ. It's just like, bro, just take off for me, just one time, just one. Be smart, 
and know when to get down and know when to get out of bounds. But, like, just go. Just go. And to wrap this up before this camera cuts off. I know. <laughs> this shit's beeping. Um, now, CJ Shroud and Blake Corm Corm are both Heisman contenders. The Heisman's going to be decided uh, in Columbus. Now, Between I was, them two. Well, I was going to say, like, when do you think, like, their actual campaign starts? The campaign already started. <laughs> I mean, y'all, with, C, uh, with CJ, y'all's, his. I feel like it's going to start with, between Iowa and Penn State. See, it started from, for hit for me, for CJ, it started with the Notre Dame game because that was the spotlight, spotlight game. It's going to be Penn State. And then y'all. And then us. For Blake, for me, it, it was, was the Iowa, it was the Iowa game or Penn State game. It was a Penn State game for sure. And honestly, I feel like another highest moment for him will be against Illinois because that is a team that people are not talking about in the Big Ten West. They are a quietly yeah. five and one team with a defense that is not you know locked down, but they stout. will get they were stout. stout. Yeah, and y'all have to play them. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, and to that last point, I also believe uh, the Iowa game was the was the start was the start of the uh, and the campaign. Penn State game was the okay yeah we, my my we, my campaign starts now yeah we here we here so it again excited we are like five six weeks away from the showdown in Columbus and honestly I think this I think that matchup might overlaps the views that Tennessee and Alabama got because I got like over fifteen million views and I feel like we this rivalry game will e- eclipse that yeah if both teams can remain undefeated. And I think we will. I think I don't and there's gonna and like I said, there's gonna be a lot of storylines going into that game. But we'll say that for another podcast episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it, yo. We we about to get out of here. This camera is acting a fool. So, um, make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. All that good shit. All that good shit. More videos, more podcasts, more vlogs, more everything. Just stay tuned, and we're out of here. I think. Speak your mind. 2.0 SYM Networks. Speak your mind. We go.